Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for Culture Club. And we're going to talk about luxury. What is luxury? It's uh, an elusive question because while some may associate luxury with huge price tags or, you know, I don't know, very rare design, the meaning remains ambiguous from one brand narrative to another. But what's quite certain is that luxury markets are expected to grow this year and are projected to reach 1.5 trillion euros this year. In fact, that's about 2.2 trillion Sing dollars. And all this is part of findings from Bain and Company's Global Luxury Fall 2023 report. This was in collaboration with Alta Gamma, which is an Italian luxury goods manufacturers industry association. Now, that in mind, what's going to shape the luxury industry for the year 2024 and beyond? I mean, are we expecting the traditional ideas to continue or are they ever changing? Let's find out more. My guess is uh, Federica Levanto, who is a partner at Bain and Company and leader in global fashion and luxury goods practice. Federica, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All good here in Milan. How are you? Oh, what a wonderful place to be in Milan. I was there just last year mm-hmm. and the place of fashion, I might add. Uh, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Let's uh, start off and, and, and talk about luxury. Tell us more about this uh, recently released Global Luxury Fall Report. Yeah, as every year we publish uh, in collaboration with the uh, Foundation Altagama, as you said, our Bain Luxury Study, which is the most quoted uh, luxury report in uh, in the industry, where we estimate market figures, but also strategic uh, trends and forecasts for the industry. When it comes to definition of luxury, we have a very broad market observatory, so from uh, what we call personal luxury goods, so basically what we can wear, then we move to luxury cars, uh, hospitality, fine wines and spirits, uh, gourmet food, uh, high quality design, uh, even arts, private jets and yachts, and luxury cruises. So it's a very large definition that sum up to 1.5 trillion uh, euros to 2023. Yeah, well, that's a lot of money. And I was going to bring that up, right? 1.5 <laughs> trillion euros. My gosh, uh, I think if we've eaten at a Michelin restaurant, that qualifies as luxury as luxury at some scale. So what are the key sectors? You mentioned a few. So what are the key segments that, that's really pushing this luxury industry? So actually, as you know, when we have come out from uh, the COVID crisis, uh, the first sectors to be restarted was personal luxury goods as everyone was stuck in their home. So the only thing uh, that was doable was buying products. So personal luxury goods and high quality design furniture were really the fastest growing categories. But now this year, experiences are rebounding very, very fast and strongly. And so this year, all categories have recovered their values pre-COVID. And we have a significant 11 to 13 percent growth over 2022 at constant exchange rate. This means that these markets grew about 150 to 160 billion euro this year of added value. So this really takes away the the old-fashioned saying that you have to be very wealthy in order to enjoy luxury because it's a lot more demographics that that are included in this uh, bracket. Although when you consider people talking about inflation and how people are planning to spend less next year, what do you foresee or what are you expecting in terms of a shift in spending? 
Yeah, no, of course, we are in a deep uncertainty at global yeah. uh, level and in all, uh, in all geographies. Uh, actually, this market has proven uh, to be very resilient uh, to economic uh, cycles. This does not mean that uh, it's not responding to economic cycles, but it responds more fast. So we probably delay some purchases, but then we immediately, when we can spend, we will restart spending because the aspiration and the willingness of the customer base to spend and to participate in these luxury categories is very is very strong. So probably 2024, or at least the first half of 2024, will be a bit bumpy for some geographies or for some categories or brands. But we believe that the midterm forecast for this industry would be mid to high single-digit growth uh, in terms of compounded average growth rates. You know, I, I came across this term on social media the other day. I was wondering if you could help me out, if you don't mind. Um, this term's called quiet luxury. What exactly does yeah. does that mean and, and does that factor into this study? Yeah, so actually... We don't like pretty much the term of quiet luxury as, okay. a, as a trend uh, because okay. uh, we, we, don't, we don't think that, uh, you know, there is a trend of quiet luxury. But the macro trend perspective is, is really that uh, every brand being quiet or not, but following its own strategy and its own way to engage with customer can win uh, in this industry. So many, many brands have changed from being very silent uh, or subtle to be more visible and logo-driven through the years. But these are fashion trends. Mm. In our point of view, and, and we are, of course, business consultants, not style consultants, <laughs> the, the more important stuff is uh, uh, about having a clear strategy, a clear customer-centric view to uh, ignite uh, this customer dialogue uh, and win with consumers, uh, whatever the, the style. So you can be very subtle uh, or silent, uh, or you can be very loud, but uh, engaging your customer base and having clear in mind who you want to talk to is the most important thing to win uh, in this market. Would you say then that is perhaps uh, the approach that luxury brands should take going into 2024? I mean, I suppose, as you mentioned, business consultant, how if I'm a luxury brand, how should I respond to the Global Luxury Fall Report? Really be consistent and be authentic. And, you know, what we have observed is that customers are more uh, high-low, so they are tapping into the different price points. But in terms of value system, they are both uh, reinforcing uh, the base values of this industry. So they look for, you know, quality, craftsmanship, heritage of a brand. But at the same time, they look for inspiration. They look for Mm -hmm. cultural uh, relevance of these brands uh, and even bigger meaning and impact of these brands. So the platform of luxury brands is really larger and the stance that customers would like them to take are uh, very important uh, and really at the forefront of innovation and creativity and cultural innovation most of all. Mm, I'll get to the cultural part in, in just a bit, but it's quite interesting to see these luxury brands, as you pointed out earlier on, sort of catering to, to multi-generational customers, social media, yeah, they're a lot more in your face, as you were describing earlier. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So now we have five different generations uh, tapping and buying into mm. luxury, Mm-mm-mm. where the uh, youngest generation, so the Gen Z, are uh, really powerful, uh, and they have uh, a, an influence power that yeah. no other young generations have ever, have ever had to influence the older generation that have more spending power, of course. 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I myself am trying to navigate the, the power of influence on social media. Uh, but Federica, you talked about culture. I wonder how this factors in the culture of how now we see an emphasis towards ethics and sustainability. How should the yeah. luxury sector respond to this? Well, you know, this is an omiss for luxury mm. brands. is an omiss from a regulation perspective. is an omiss, of course, on the environment and on the workplace. But it's also an omiss on the value system perspective. So, and again, authenticity in these is key. Every brand cannot win on all the different ESG topics. Of yeah. course, there is a baseline that all brands need to be aware of and respond to. But beyond that, they need to win their battles and to choose what they stand for in terms of what battles on, on ESG. Can it be DNI? Can it be environment? Can it be you know, circularity or, or, other, or other aspects of ESG? Mm, that's a good point. And finally, let's talk about how Bain & Company sees the future of the luxury sector as we head into 2024 and beyond, maybe even to 2030 for that matter. Yeah, so our prediction for midterm is very positive. So we forecast a growth up to 2030 of 5 to 7% year on year at constant exchange rate, uh, driven by solid fundamentals, so enlarging customer base and growing appetite for these uh, brands and these uh, and these products across categories next year's uh, for, for next year for 2024 uh, we have a couple of scenario that ranges from low single digit growth uh, to mid single digit growth uh, depending of course uh, on uh, the different regions deployment and how chinese customers will uh, even uh, restart traveling and continue traveling and recover the travel levels of uh, of pre covid all right, I've been speaking with Federica Lovato, who is partner at Bain & Company and lead in global fashion luxury goods practice. Federica, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.